Lord, we thank you for, uh, I thank you for this community uh, that you have placed us in as we walk together in faith, uh, following after you. I pray that this morning as we study your word, it would uh, change us as it should, not just today, but every day uh, as we uh, pursue you and pursue you together. Uh, bless this time we have in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, today uh, in, our, in our passage, it starts with therefore. Now that means that it's linking to previous passages, so we have to do a quick review of uh, just what we've covered the past few weeks. In Hebrews 12, uh, we see, if we go to the beginning, we see the metaphor of our faith being an endurance race. So from the start of the chapter, we see the author of Hebrews using the language of enduring and persevering. So in verse 1, it says, runs with endurance, a race that is set before us, that sets the stage. In verse 2, endured the cross. Verse 3, consider him who endured, talking about Jesus. In verse 4, in your struggle. In verse 7, it says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. So that language uh, is throughout the beginning of the chapter leading up to our passage today. And last week, Pastor Scott walked us through the discipline of the Lord which is the calling, the guiding, the correction from God, which can be difficult and can be painful, but ultimately leads to what it says, uh, the peaceful fruit of righteousness, a life more and more conformed to Jesus Christ. Now, in light of all that, so keep that in mind. So in light of all this, therefore, we jump into verse 12, lift up pull this up here uh, lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed I know a lot of you out there are endurance sports people you may run long distance you may run marathons triathlons cycling long distance you all are a different breed of human. I have personally little desire to take any of those long distance endurance sports on. Uh, but however, as you may know, or have personally experienced, if you are an endurance athlete, I have only read about it, but endurance athletes feed off the spectators. They feed off the energy and encouragement from those cheering them on to continue to push through in the middle of probably what is a very painful moment uh, going through the race. While I'm not a triathlete, uh, I was reminded about a similar experience with pushing through in the middle of physical pain. Uh, the summer of my junior year in college, I spent a summer working at a Christian camp for kids in Colorado. Uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic summer. It was fun to do all the exciting camp activities with the kids and also share lessons from the Bible and share the gospel with them. And so on some of the off days from camp, the, uh, the 
you know, the guys and the girls at the camp, uh, we would go out on some pretty long, challenging hikes. And as the summer progressed, we were able to uh, take longer ones and uh, they got more difficult. One of the hikes we embarked on, a group of guys, was up Horn Peak, which was about 13,450 feet above sea level. Uh, this, towards the beginning of the summer, I was relatively inexperienced hiking in, in high altitudes. And at this point, this is going to be the longest and most challenging for me. And the plan was we would start at our cabin where we were staying. It's a, it was at a, about 9,400 feet above sea level. And we would climb up about 4,000 feet vertically to the summit. Now, uh, this is not mountain climbing with ropes and anchors like uh, a metaphor we used in the previous uh, weeks in Hebrews. It wasn't like a straight shot upwards of a cliff. Uh, and it also, it was also not a straight, gradual climb where you could see the top and you were just climbing up a hill. Uh, it was a five and a half hour, four mile hike, and the path zigzagged through a variety of terrain. Uh, and a lot of times you wouldn't even see, see the top. Uh, and, you know, some parts were, were pretty flat, others were quite steep. And we hiked on all, you know, on grass, gravel, dirt. We climbed up rocks. Some of it was through forests. Some was, uh, some of it was on grassy fields. We were all over, and some sections were uh, so steep and rocky we had to scramble up on all fours. And occasionally we'd have to go downhill uh, into a valley or a ravine in order to catch the uh, upward path on the other side. And so. We were a few hours in and uh, started to run out of steam. Uh, we were resting frequently, but I was tiring a lot quicker between stops. My muscles were sore, my legs were heavy. I was huffing, puffing. Uh, every step was just getting harder. Uh, as you could see, some of the other guys who were uh, a little better shape, more experienced than I was, they were getting further and further ahead and I was lagging behind. Our group leader, his name is Dave, uh, he, we'd done this hike many times before. Uh, he would, st he would uh, stay back and urge me on. I remember getting to a certain section where uh, the rocks were, were so big, it felt like I was a toddler climbing giant stairs. I don't know if you've seen a baby try to climb stairs where it would, the stairs are here and then they put one leg up. You can't see what I'm doing, but one leg and they got to push with their with their arms uh, that's what it felt like and it was it was just getting more difficult and Dave uh, knowing I, kn I know he was going at a much slower pace than he usually would uh, he was there with me giving me encouragement giving me a hand pulling me up when I needed to and it urged me uh, to keep going to complete this next section that we were trying to to finish and uh, you would tell me you know how close we, I was and uh, just a little further you know what to do next and just encouraging me giving me words of encouragement saying that I was gonna make it to keep going uh, so all that to say verse 12 here is is exactly that it is uh, written uh, 
to you, to us, followers of Jesus who, who are tired, uh, who may be weary. When you see here drooping hands and weak knees, uh, walking paths that are not straight. It's a picture of someone who is just worn out, uh, just like I was in the middle of you know, two, three hours in. I was worn out. And uh, that could be life. Uh, but it also could be, uh, you know, there are certain ways that we are called to live as Christians that require endurance. Uh, they fight against what we want. Uh, they may be contrary to what we want, or uh, it may be against what the world wants to offer you. And it'll, it will lead to difficulty. It will lead to suffering. And sometimes you may ask, you know, why can't, why can't being a Christian just, why isn't it easier? So as we go through uh, this passage, um, keep this in mind um, because we're going to go through some, uh, the rest of this, you'll notice commands and uh, a list of things that are expected of us as Christians. But remember, it starts with, you know, take uh, with this encouragement. Um, Let's go to verse 14. Look at my notes here. So verse 14 uh, says, I thought I had it, Strive for peace with everyone. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Verse 14, it says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. I want to focus on this word, strive. Uh, the New King James translation uses the word pursue. Uh, these are strive, pursue, these are action words implying that we must actively do these things. We must actively seek peace with everyone. We don't just sit back and expect it to happen. So in order for one to pursue something, there there must be some criteria in place. What does it mean to pursue? Uh, first, you have to desire what you're pursuing. You have to want what it is that you're uh, going after. Second, in pursuing and striving, there's action. And you can't just want it and then expect it to, to fall in your lap. You have to actually do the work and you have to do what it takes to, to attain it. Third, there's endurance. Uh, you have to understand and expect that it could be challenging. There could be difficulties to endure. And um, knowing that even with that, what you are, are trying to pursue is, is worth uh, attaining. So I think today is the last day of the Olympics. I'm sure many of you have been following the Olympics in Tokyo uh, past couple weeks. And there's no greater example of striving and pursuing something than an Olympic athlete. Uh, athlete. Rachel Suarez highlighted this in her uh, two minutes in a text this past week. Uh, by the way, uh, if you don't know what that is, two minutes in a text, it's a weekly online, a brief video review of the scripture that was covered the previous Sunday. Uh, so uh, if you follow Jacob's Well on social media, I think Facebook, Instagram, uh, 
I don't, I don't know if there's anything else, but uh, it's posted every Tuesday. So if you don't follow, you should. It's great to uh, thing to pop up in between all the uh, your baby pictures and uh, TikTok dances that you might be scrolling through. Uh, you can hear some great insights from the wonderful teachers we have in the community um, and just get another uh, touch point during the week uh, with God's Word. So. Uh, keep an eye, follow us, uh, and keep an eye out for that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> a little commercial there. Uh, there's no greater example of striving and pursuing than than these Olympic athletes. Uh, they have they must desire to compete and win enough so that they're willing to dedicate years of their life, day after day, hours upon hours, to train and excel at their sport. Uh, they have to be intentional. They have to plan. Uh, they have to go to train at um, competitions and make their way to qualify and uh, there's workouts you know everything is is done to improve their performance to pursue making the Olympics and winning and uh, and hopefully a gold medal they have to take action they have to put in the work they have to wake up and, and actually do the work to make them better to improve uh, they have to endure injuries and, and losses along the way. Uh, they may have to pursue, uh, persevere through setbacks in their plans. There may be personal and professional uh, difficulties and obstacles that pop up that they have to, to uh, endure and, and push through. And all of that to hopefully win a medal or a gold medal. In order to do any of those things, the athlete, uh, he or she, must pursue it. So that's the word, pursue, strive. So what is this verse uh, telling us we should strive for? First, peace with everyone. Yes, that is right. Everyone, not just people you like, not just people who agree with you, not just other Christians. Uh, we have to desire peace, we have to take action and live for peace, and endure and continue to pursue it when it becomes difficult to do so. In Romans fourteen nineteen, Paul says, so, let, so then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We live in a, a world that is <clears throat> full of strife, political divisiveness, racial divisions, uh, social injustices. This is the context in which we are to live out this command. Pursue and strive for peace with everyone. Now, sometimes, uh, just a little bit about myself, sometimes I like to read the comment section to online articles and, and uh, social media posts. I, I know this <laughs> this probably stresses some of you out. You Some of you may avoid this, like the plague. But uh, I like it primarily uh, for two reasons. I like to get different perspectives on things. And uh, if you're able to sift through a lot of the garbage that the most of the comments are, you do find some good ones. You find some good perspectives that uh, that are different from mine and I like that I like to to read those and, and think about it 
I also like it because a lot of times you can find some some comedy gold. There's just some funny laugh out loud uh, comments on there as, uh, on online. Um, not that I, I recommend you do it. It's just that's something I, I, I do. I find myself doing more often than not. Uh, so, but it doesn't take long to sort when you sift through the comments section to realize that the world in general does not pursue peace. Uh, while some people, you know, may desire peace, they probably desire to be right even more. Uh, we see this tendency to drift towards not striving for peace, even within uh, the church community. Uh, you don't need to look far to see quarrels and divisions and fighting within churches or even within uh, broader church, capital C. Um, so we need, to, we need to keep this verse in, uh, in the forefront. And Paul, he gives us a pretty good picture of what, this, what pursuing peace looks like. In Romans 12, 14 to 18, I'm just going to read it. This is just, you know, this verse, when you want to talk about what it means, what does it look like for us as Christians to pursue peace? This is it. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to say anything about it. So it's Romans 12, 14 to 18. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That's a pretty comprehensive picture. Uh, so, you know, I encourage you to, to go back and, and read that passage and just, and just think about it. Uh, be challenged by it. So I hope you are feeling, if you're not, I, I hope you are feeling challenged so far. Um, so, you know, pursue peace with, with everyone. Uh, so there's a second part to that verse. You know, along with this, there's something else uh, we're called to pursue, and it is holiness. And it says, you know, pursue holiness because without it, uh, no one can see or no one will see the Lord. So holiness is being set apart from sin for God. The same word used is also, uh, also translated in other verses uh, in a holiness as sanctification, which uh, is the process of being freed from sin and, and the process of being more like Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 4.7, it says, For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. So we must strive for peace and holiness being set apart from sin, saying no to sin, saying and pursuing God, we must strive for peace and holiness hand in hand. We must pursue them together, not one without the other. Um, 
because if you think about it, what happens when you have peace with everyone, but you don't pursue holiness? Uh, that's missing the mark of what it truly means to follow God. Uh, the temptation here is that we become so at peace with the world that we uh, do not pursue God or we stop pursuing God. And on the other end of it, what happens when you pursue holiness but do not seek peace with others? Uh, it becomes self-righteousness. Uh, it keeps others from seeing God. It keeps others from uh, seeing the or knowing the, the source of true peace and may even lead to those around us rejecting him. So as, as Christians, we need to pursue both peace with everyone and holiness together not one without the other. So it's easier easier said than done, right? Uh, if you're if you're not feeling challenged yet, you should. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. Uh, there's more. Uh, verse fifteen. Verse fifteen starts with "See to it." Uh, before we go on, I'm gonna we're gonna focus on this uh, see to it it is uh, indicating that uh, it's a command you know indicating that it's our responsibility as believers to watch out for for others other believers uh, not just for ourselves uh, we have to identify potential pitfalls and uh, there's correction and encouragement uh, for one another uh, this see to it is a, it's a call for community that we should not only be responsible for ourselves but for others as well. Uh, the endurance race is a team race. We don't compete with each other, but we run and we finish together. So, that's, so keep that in mind uh, for this verse. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. So I want to break this up a bit. There's uh, a couple things that we should see to. So the first one, uh, no one that no one fails to obtain the grace of God in some translations it says falls short of the grace of God when I read this uh, was asking myself you know what what does this mean what does it mean to not obtain or to fall short of the grace of God and I think there are two ways one can fall short of God's grace uh, first we can fall short of God's grace if we do not fully understand it in my in the study Bible that I have in the notes, it listed a few of the previous verses in Hebrews uh, that we covered, such as uh, chapter 4, verse 4. I'm not going to read them. I'm just going to list them off here. Uh, chapter 6, verse 6. Chapter 10, verse 26. And basically, those verses uh, listed in relation to this one, they talk about basically general just unbelief and outright rejection of of Jesus, of God's saving grace, um, as well as God's grace, as an ex using God's grace as an excuse to continue living in sin and doing whatever you want, uh, and not allowing God to change your life. So, our, our what we should do for ourselves and, and for others is to see see to it that nobody falls into any of those categories. Second, uh, the word used for grace here uh, is defined as the state of kindness and favor towards someone. 
a gift or a blessing. So we have to think about how deep and love, uh, how deep the love and kindness of God is. Uh, not, not something earned, but freely given. And uh, we fall short of God's grace when we forget that. You know, especially, I'm thinking, in times of, of suffering and difficulty, uh, when we sin, there are times where we forget about just how unending and how deep God's kindness and favor is towards us. And so here it's telling us, see to it that nobody forgets the full nature of God's kindness and favor uh, toward us. So uh, there's, two end, there's two things there uh, we should see through it so that nobody falls short of the grace of God. Second thing, see to it that uh, no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Now, an initial reading, this is pretty straightforward, uh, allowing any kind of bitterness into our lives, uh, allowing it to take root and grow is unhealthy, and it could lead to uh, many other troubles and, and sins. Uh, so this is definitely something we do all need to watch out for. However, uh, here, uh, there's truth to that, but uh, there's something else here. The root of bitterness is likely referring to Deuter Deuteronomy 29.18. Uh, you could turn there, Deuter Deuteronomy 29.18, 29.18. As you know, in Hebrew so far, there's a lot of jumping back to the Old Testament, or a lot of references back, so we're going to read this. I think it will give us uh, some insight to this section Down here there we go Deuteronomy 29:18 it says and i lost it oh okay, here we go beware lest there be among you a man or a woman or a clan or a tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit, one who, when he hears the words of the sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. Now this is a warning, so going back, uh, see to it that no one... Uh, has uh, this root of bitterness. It's a warning to those who accept Christ, uh, but in their heart they intend to continue on with their life as it was, uh, without a desire to submit to God or to His Word. Uh, there's a stubbornness that can happen in their heart where someone feels like they can uh, be in proximity to church and the spiritual things and the things of God but uh, inside have no desire to allow God to change their life, uh, to repent of sin and uh, no desire to pursue a life that is not pleasing to him. And th that's the kind of attitude that the ver this verse is, is warning us of. Uh, starts as a root, it's unseen, but if allowed to grow, it produces bitter fruit. Um, and in Deuteronomy it says it leads to a sweeping away uh, falling away uh, from faith.
it's uh, sobering uh, to think about. Uh, it has happened, sadly, in our own midst in this church, and is sadly prevalent throughout the church. And so we are to take this warning, we're to see to it, both in ourselves and in, in your brothers and sisters. Uh, we do not allow that root to grow, uh, that eventually produces bitter fruit. So continue on uh, verse 16. This is a continuation of see to it. See to it that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. Now, I thought this was interesting. Uh, it describes Esau as sexually immoral and unholy. And I was thinking, if I were to pick someone uh, in the Old Testament that fits his bill, I, it seems like there's uh, other there are other more fitting people <laughs> that could be used to describe this. And so uh, we should... We should take a look at this, you know, uh, what is what is the deal with, with Esau? And uh, that can be found in Genesis 25, 29. Genesis 25, 29. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, Sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So uh, Esau was the firstborn. Jacob was younger, so Esau was had was uh, entitled to the birthright, the blessing of his father. Uh, he would have inherited his father's responsibilities and authority, inheritance of wealth uh, that was twice what the other sons receive. In Esau's case, because God had uh, given blessings to Abraham, he would have also inherited that. Uh, God had promised Abraham that through his offspring the nations will be redeemed and blessed. So this was more than just about getting stuff. Uh, it was about uh, it was a birthright that had eternal implications. It says Esau despised his birthright. Uh, he allowed his hunger at that moment his physical and temporal urge to be more important than the lasting long-term eternal reward of his birthright and he traded it for uh, some bowl and a, uh, some bread and a bowl of lentil stew i don't know if any of you ever had lentil pasta uh every time we have it uh i i'm reminded of this story uh, lizanne was trying to cut down uh, lizanne my wife was trying to cut down our family consumption of regular pasta and bleached flour uh, and is a way for us to be more healthy. That's good, but lentil pasta was gross. Uh, it, was, it was like eating sand noodles, and every time we'd have it, I'd think about how Esau traded his inheritance for lentils, and uh, I just uh, can't believe it. 
What was, what, what, was this, what was the guy thinking? I would never do that. Uh, but, uh, verse 16 in Hebrews, it is a warning for us. Because we actually would do that. Uh, don't be like Esau. Don't trade what is eternal for what is temporary. Uh, something that great, uh, that will come later for something that is measly in comparison. Uh, specifically, it mentions uh, sexual immorality and being unholy. Uh, the word unholy here is one, one way of translating it. In Greek, uh, look this up, and it means uh, godless or uh, worldly, irreligious. Um, so, uh, being sexual and moral and prioritizing the things of the world as more important than the things of God are both, both of them are trading the temporary for what, what feels good now over long-term uh, long rewards and eternal gain. Um, so, you know, as crazy as it was for Esau to do that, uh, are we not uh, in very similar are we tempted to do uh, similar things to that? So in verse 17, continuing on, For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. This is our final verse uh, it's a warning uh, in our passage, um, and it's basically saying if we prioritize and only look to the things of the world, but not the eternal truths of God, and not to not His Word, if we do not pursue those things, and um, you know if we do not pursue righteousness and the guidance of God and His discipline, which was mentioned uh, last week. Uh, there's a kind of uh, this is talking about a pattern. Uh, if this kind of pattern and attitude emerges in your life, in my life, in all of us, you know, there's a path that ultimately leads to rejection, uh, and, and not of God rejecting us. God does not reject us when we we turn to Him, but of us rejecting God. Uh, one of the challenges I found while preparing. Uh, for this message today uh, was that the encouragement, uh, the positive part of the passage was first. We started out with that and now we kind of end it here with a list of to-dos and uh, some warnings and uh, it just it feels like it feels like the boss, uh, your boss is just slamming a giant stack of paperwork into your desk. Boom! No, uh, if you can have these done uh, back to me by Friday, that would be great. Yeah, uh, it, it feels like uh, this burden that's just just put on you. You know, life is already full of challenges and uh, suffering, and uh, now I have to you know add all these things, uh, things I need to pursue. Uh, you know, I have add, you know I have all this paperwork that's added to me. And uh, I think in a sense, uh, we should feel that a little. We should feel the burden. You know, there is some suffering when we, we follow Jesus. Uh, there's some difficulty. There's something that, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't come easy. 
And, and Jesus himself, he made it pretty clear during his earthly ministry. Um, but while we should feel that in a sense, there is, there is encouragement. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, uh, you don't have to turn there, you just uh, listen. Uh, I'm going to read it. Uh, I, love, I love this verse uh, for many reasons. I thought I had a bookmark, but I don't. Matthew 28, uh, 11, sorry, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Um, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know this verse a lot of times can be, you know, we, we memorize it and, and we use it when, when life is difficult, uh, when you feel like there's just so much going on and, and you need to rest in God. And yes, we should definitely continue to use that uh, as encouragement for our souls. But also, in light of the passage today, uh, when we, we, we think about the, how sometimes it's so difficult to to follow Jesus and when we are convicted uh, and, and of you know from from God's word and uh, when you know in earlier on in in uh, this chapter talks about struggling with sin and that, that can f just feel difficult it feels like a burden and and this is this is and Jesus says, come, if you are burdened by that, uh, he is there to, to share that, that burden. And that is the beauty of this endurance race. Uh, it's not all on us. And we can call back uh, so much of what is said about Jesus uh, in Hebrews. Uh, the strength to endure comes from Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Uh, Jesus, the forerunner one who has gone before us, the high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness. Uh, so, so be encouraged by that. Um, as, you, as you pursue, as you see to it, uh, all these things that we talked about. Uh, to conclude, uh, I did eventually make it all the way up to the, the top of Horn Creek, uh, a Horn Peak, sorry. Uh, it was absolutely spectacular. Uh, since we were so high uh, in altitude above the tree line, no trees were, were able to grow at the top. And uh, we were one of the, on the, one of the tallest peaks in the area. We had unobstructed 360 degree view of everything, just miles and miles. Uh, it was as mountains and unbelievable, I, I still can't put into words uh, to properly describe that view. Um, I even, so after the climb, I even bought a t-shirt. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, it's backwards on my screen, but it says, Got Oxygen. <laughs> it seems to have a theme of uh, showing t-shirts that I've obtained over the years. Um, but uh, getting to the top, uh, it was worth every painful, exhausting step. 
and in our endurance race uh, following Jesus uh, there will be so much more uh, the end result of our race it's more than medals or awards or spectacular views or commemorative t-shirts uh, it will be the reward will be a life and an eternity with God our Creator let's pray Uh, Lord, I, I pray for uh, those in uh, listening today that uh, it may feel like uh, following you is just tough. Um, life is tough, you know, struggles and, and suffering, and we may not have a desire to pursue you or pursue after your word or uh, you lost sight of of the end and Lord I pray for for those who are in that state that your spirit would be on them uh, that we would endure together that we would finish the race together and uh, I thank you that you do not leave us when we stumble you do not reject us but you are there, you're encouraging us, and Lord, we uh, pray that we would encourage each other uh, in this uh, to endure. And uh, we thank you for who you are, and uh, I just pray that you would bless us as, as we continue to pursue after you and pursue uh, a life that is, is pleasing to you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.